here's the great truth. There's nothing more beautiful than the body of Christ. And my friend, I pray that you are part of the body of Christ and you are doing what Jesus has commanded. He wants you to be part of his light. He wants you to be a part of the body. If you don't have a church, I want to urge you to become part of First Baptist. That's why we have this number here on the screen. Perhaps right now you would just text in and say, I want to be part of the body and give us your name and contact information. You see, we've got a place in this family for you. This last Sunday, a precious couple did just that. They said, we're just out here floating by ourselves. We need the body of Christ. And the body of Christ at First Baptist has ministered to us. It is beautiful. And they became part of it. So I would urge you, even right now, call in on this number or text in. We want to be connected to you. I would also urge you to do this. You see, you can download the sermon notes right now. See and be God's light. If you'll grab these notes, it will enhance your ability to focus in on God's Word and then assimilate God's Word so you can do God's work with your life. But grab this outline, and here we go. Let me tell you a fun story. When I was growing up in Texas, my dad was from a place called Johnson City. And uh, Johnson City, Texas is famous for the Pertinalis River and Lyndon Johnson, who was president of the United States. Well, the Pertinalis River is where my dad grew up, and we still own a chunk of that land in the hill country of Texas. As a matter of fact, that's me on the Pertinalis River up on a bluff that stands majestically above that clear rock river. Um, it's about 1,700 feet in elevation, and just behind me, is a kid's playground. I used to be like Huck Finn when I was a boy. I would go to the river, and it was my magic place to go fishing and tubing. I would go hunting. Oh, it was incredible. But that's where we spent all of our free time growing up. Well, one of the features of the river is a place called Buffalo Cave. Buffalo Cave was on Fred Rodway's place. And you would go up, cross the river over to Hickory, and then we would go explore the cave. Well, one particular day, I was about nine or ten years old. I was with my mom, my dad, and a friend named Ed Venter. We had descended into the yawning mouth of the cave, and it was really a hot summer day, so that cool air felt delicious. We got down into the cave, and we were walking along. As we were walking along, my dad had a flashlight. We only had one light among us. It was about ten in the morning. We were looking for snakes because this is Texas, and there are rattlers down in that cool cave. And then suddenly, after we'd gotten about 250, 300 yards back into the mouth of that cave, we were down into the throat near the belly. We heard a whirring sound. And that, that whirring sound started to get louder, like a fan. And my dad said, oh, no, we have awakened the bats. And as he made that statement, they began to come in force. If you can imagine this, you're a little boy clinging to your father's leg, and the bats are pelting us here, there, yonder, everywhere. They're in your hair. You feel like they're going to bite you. I am screaming. My mom is about to have a conniption. My dad drops the light. It goes out. And at that moment, we are plunged into total terror and darkness. <laughs> oh, how relieving it was when the light came back on. Dad fumbled around in the bat guano, and he picked up the light, and we 
oh, breathe a sigh of relief. The bats were gone, and it was quite a while before we ever went back into Buffalo Cave. Well, the point of that story is light is extremely important. You see, the dark is suffocating. It is terrifying. I want you to understand that light gives you vision. And did you know that light gives you life? God gives us a calling. He gives us a job description. And what is it? He wants us to see His light. Jesus declared that He is the light of the world. And He wants us to be His light. You see, that is the calling of God for me and for you. So let me ask you this question to personalize this message. Is your light bright? Is your light shining bright? Or maybe right now you would assess your own walk with God, who is your light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. So are you shining for Him? Is your light maybe dim? Maybe it's gotten dirty. Maybe it's gone to low wattage. Maybe it's flickering. Maybe your light has literally faded or it's covered up because of sin and going the way of the world. My friend, there's a better way. There's a better way. You see, the goal of Jesus is for you to look like Him. I have a friend named Jim, and uh, he, he does look a little bit like Garth Brooks. And he moved out to California. He told me this hilarious story. He said one day he was out in Southern California and Pasadena area, and this lady walks up to him, and, and she says, you look like Garth Brooks. Are you Garth Brooks? And he was playing her, and he said, uh, yes, ma'am, I am Garth Brooks. And without missing a beat, she said, my star is Garth. You've sure let yourself go. <laughs> now, if somebody looked at you, and you're supposed to look like Jesus, would your light be so dim and faded and dark and dingy that they would say, my stars, you sure have let yourself go. You see, the goal of God is for you to look like Jesus. Look at John 8. Let me underline verse 12. Here is Jesus' majestic statement about His purpose. He says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will have the light of life. You see, this is the purpose of Jesus. In this world filled with darkness and friends without light, there is darkness which leads to destruction and death. Jesus comes, and He comes as the singular Savior to bring His light, to bring His life. And then He gives us an assignment. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 5. And we find it right here. Let's start in verse 13. You see, Jesus is giving what is considered the Christian's constitution. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Let's begin here in verse 13. He's already given us the be happy attitudes, those eight attitudes that allow you to be successful, happy, blessed, and feel significant about your life. And then he shifts the gear. And listen to what he says. He gives us an assignment. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Now, salt is a preservative, and this world is in decay. So, friends, you've got to be salt. You've got to bring preservative to this world in decay. And then he goes on to say in verse 14, he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, 
nor do men light a lamp and put it under the peck measure, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. That is our objective. This is our calling. So here's what I want us to do. For the next few moments, I want to give you four light insights. This is why light is so important. And these four components will remind you why your job is so vital. So you've got to do it well. You've got to be bright. You've got to do it right. Let's plunge into it. Number one, light gives life. Would you make that note? Light gives life. That's true we know in nature. Light is the basic building block of life. You see, everything starts with the process of photosynthesis. Do you remember this science lesson? Here's what photosynthesis looks like. This is science for kids about my speed. Light is a form of energy. It's called a quantum. And it comes in a burst of energy. And it comes at 186,262 miles per second. Light moves so fast it can go around the world seven times in a second. So light is super fast, super powerful. It is energy. God has created the plant world with a light receiver called chlorophyll. So that green plant receives the light, and then it stores the energy. And that becomes the first link in the food chain that fuels life. When an animal eats that green plant, they receive the energy of light. So it's true in nature. We learn that life is in light, but it's also true in the spirit realm. You see, the Scripture tells us that light, the light of God is the source of spiritual life. Look at John 1, 3, and 4. Try it on your worksheet, but let me read it to you. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and, and that life was the light of men. You see, light and life are connected spiritually. Now, friends, here is the great truth of God. The Bible says in Genesis 1 verse 3 that when God stepped out on the horizon of nothingness and He spoke the world into existence, what is the first thing He said? Let there be light. Acknowledging in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm, light is the basis for all of life. Then Jesus gives us the greatest compliment imaginable. What does He say? He says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine. And you then convey to this world in darkness the greatest news on the planet that life is available. And we are the ones who share the love and the light of the Lord Jesus Christ because light gives life. Well, let's press on. There's another great characteristic that I want you to be sure to note, and it's this. Light makes itself known. Light makes itself known. Jesus said in Matthew 4, Matthew 5, verse 14, He said, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, if you've ever been over to the Holy Lands, you certainly went over to the north shore of the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus spoke the Sermon on the Mount. Really, it's not much of a mount. It should be called a Sermon on the Hill because it's just hills. It's covered with grass. It's on the north side of the Sea of Galilee. 
And up on the hill, you can see a gleaming white village. I'm sure that village was there in Jesus' day. And no doubt, Jesus used it as an illustration. And he said, in the same way, the sun is shining down on those buildings that are painted gleaming white, and they radiate the light. That is how impossible it would be to hide light. Now, the city is impossible to hide, and, and that's because the very core nature of light is that it reveals itself. It's almost as if light shouts. Light says, you can't ignore me. Uh, when my kids were little, it was my job to wake them up in the morning. And our oldest son, Jason, who's quite a man of God right now, uh, when he was a little boy, he could sleep really amazingly well. It seemed to be one of his spiritual gifts to sleep through his alarm clock. And I would come up to wake him because he went to Baldwin Junior High, and particularly when he was a teenager, oh, he was hard to wake up. So what did I have to do? I had to flip on the lights. I had to open up the curtains and get him up. And I would basically say, awaken, sleeper. It's time to go to school. He didn't always appreciate that because light is interruptive as it makes itself known. It's interesting. I had a call this week from a guy that I've come to know and really like a lot. And he said, Jay, I've gotten off course. And I had a, I've had a big problem in my marriage and in my life. He said, when I heard your message last week about being God's peacemaker, it was as if those words from God's heart began to shake me and awake me. And God did something. He did something to me. He's doing something for our marriage. Maybe God has a word for you that comes streaming from his living light saying, wake up, sleeper. Uh, don't just go through life in a trance, making no difference. But instead, light makes itself known. So receive what God is sharing with you even right now. And then become a purveyor of God's good news message. Become a purveyor of the light. It's interesting. Uh, lights make themselves known. That's why we have these things called lighthouses. Uh, they're all over the coast of the world. Probably the most famous one is a lighthouse that was formed about 320 B.C. in Alexandria, Egypt. It was considered one of the seven wonders of the world. How these ancient Egyptians made this is a marvel, but they did come up with the ways to make the pyramids, and they made this amazing lighthouse, and it was in the harbor of the city of Alexandria, Egypt. It was evidently 300 and 50 feet tall, and could be seen out to sea 35 miles. And that lighthouse made itself known. And it made itself known to draw people, to draw boats into the harbor of Alexandria. You see, that's your job, friend. That's my job, to make the good news light of Jesus known. Do you do that? Well, let me give you a point of application on how that works. How do we make the light known? It says in Ephesians 5.8, and this is our job, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Let me show you how to do that. Go around and intentionally shine the light of Christ into all the dark places that you see. There's a guy who's an amazing pastor named Steve Shogren, 
And Steve Shogren is a pastor in Cincinnati. He started his church almost 30 years ago there in Cincinnati, and he did it with a concept called friendship evangelism. And he would invite people in his church to come out on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and they would do acts of kindness. They would stand at intersections and give out bottles of water when it was warm. And the bottle of water had a direction that pointed people to their church and simply said, God loves you more than you can imagine. And then he would encourage people after they gave out water to go to local um, service stations or convenience stores, take cleaning supplies and clean filthy bathrooms and tell the manager of the store they did it in the name of Jesus and leave a card, a calling card, that they are from this special church. And then Steve would urge people to do this, to take an envelope. And when they would go out shopping, uh, maybe you're there at Walmart or Target, take a $10 bill and take a gospel track, put it in the envelope, go over to a windshield wiper of a beat-up old car, the worst-looking car in the row, and put it underneath the wiper and on the envelope simply write, God loves you. And then this $10 bill would catch their attention, and hopefully they would read the gospel message and know that they are not rejected, they are loved. Did all that work? Did servant evangelism work? That was almost 30 years ago when he started the church. Now it's over 8,000 members. And there have been dozens of other churches like it planted across the country. Yes, servant evangelism works because people need to see the light of the Lord. So let me ask you, do people see the light of the Lord through you? Is your light burning bright or is it dim and faded? You see, you need to get right right now. Let this word from God awaken you so that your light will shine bright. Let's go to number three, light reveals. Light reveals. Certainly we know that to be true. What do you do with the light? You don't put it under a cover. You put it on a stand, on a platform, so that it can illumine all of the room. That's what I want to urge you to do, my friends. Allow the light of Christ to reveal to reveal to people their need for the Lord. Now, we all know that if we're uh, in the middle of the night, awakened by a bump, have you ever had this happen? A bump hits in the middle of the night. You're kind of startled awake. Your, your heart is beating. I had that happen the other day. And what do you do? I'll tell you what I do. I grab my light. I turn it on. I give it to my wife, Mary Ruth, and say, darling, would you go check that out? <laughs> no, actually, we, we go together. No, no, we actually go. I go. I go check it out. Because what does a light do? Fundamentally, a light reveals what is hidden. You go to the doctor's office. The doctor says, hmm, so your throat hurts. Say, ah, and they put a light down your throat, and they look at it. And sometimes a doctor puts a light deep down into your throat, and they find obstructions and blockages and problems. You see, a light reveals. Friends, here's what I want you to understand. God's light reveals and it demolishes the darkness. We're in these crazy COVID-19 days. There are a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of darkness. And I want to give you some very helpful good news about how God's Word is a light that reveals. You see, it says in Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. 
whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You see, the devil deals with darkness, division, and deception. Oh, there's so much deception. There's so much misinformation in our world. There's so many scam artists. There's so many frauds and phonies. You see, when you really absorb the Word of God, you're able to recognize the phony. You're able to separate that which is real from that which you fear. Because what does God, what does God do with this light? He reveals. And He begins to demolish and banish anything that you fear. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear. What is fear? False expectations appearing real. F-E-A-R. Embed that in your spirit. What is fear? Some of you are really fearful right now. False expectations appearing real. And so here's what I would urge you to do. Replace your fear with this truth from Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Do you know what the ultimate revelation of God is? Tell you what God reveals. If you go back to the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus is depicted there as gleaming, beaming, shining light. He shines like the noonday sun. And if you go all the way back to the end of Revelation, in Revelation 21, do you know what you learn? That heaven is illumined by the light of Jesus. There's no need for the sun or the moon or stars. Jesus is the illumination of heaven. And the ultimate message of the book of Revelation is so simple. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to tremble in fear because Jesus wins. That is the point of God. That is the revelation of God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. You don't have to fear because He is near. Well, let me show you the fourth characteristic of light. Light guides. Light guides. Do you need some guidance right now? I see so many people that make bad decisions. They stumble in the dark. There's a better way. Let the light of God guide you. The Scripture says that in Psalm 119, 105, that God's Word is like a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Over the years, I've talked to countless people, and it seems they've stumbled through life. They bumble and fumble, and they make so many mistakes and bad decisions and have poor outcomes. They're always beat up and gypped because they make bad decisions. Do you know what you ought to do? You see, if you've got some big decisions to make, imagine that you're going to open up God's Word, and God's Word is light. And His Word will illumine your path. You don't have to stumble in the dark. Walk in the light. And when you open God's Word, it's as if you've turned on the light. <laughs> Heard a funny story about a young man, and this was in the days before electricity. He was a farmer's hand, and this farmer was very tight-fisted with his money, and he was scolding this young hired man for taking a lighted kerosene lantern out with him when he went to call on his girlfriend. And the farmer put it like this. He said, well, when I went courting, I went in the dark. And the hired man said, yes, sir and see what you got. Don't make decisions in the dark, friend. Allow the Word of God to become your guiding light. And if you'll allow God's Word to be your light, then you will understand what is God's will, and then you will know 
what is God's work specifically for your life so you don't waste your life. Turn on the light because God's light will guide you and you'll have great outcomes and you'll be God's overcomer. Well, let me wrap this up. Let me wrap this up because here the goal of God is for you to be His illuminating light in this world that guides other people to Him. So I've come out to this final point. You've received God's directions. He's given you a job description. You are to be light in this world that guides people to Jesus. Now you need to make your selections. I hope that your selections are this simple. I hope that right now you will choose to see Jesus and then be Jesus. See God's light and be God's light. There was a guy named Hank Williams. He wrote a famous song about the light, and he wrote it not far from where I'm seated right now in downtown Montgomery. Hank went to a gospel concert in 1948, and this man, who was one of America's most famous songwriters right here from Alabama, he heard a song that prompted him to write these words, I saw the light. I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I am so happy, no sorrow in sight. Praise the Lord. I saw the light. Friend, that's my prayer for you right now, that you would see through this service the light of Jesus Christ and embrace the light. Say, Lord Jesus, I am ready to follow you. Here's how you do it. You simply say, Lord Jesus, I surrender myself to you. You are my everything, and I want to follow you right now. Let me help you. Let me help you embrace Jesus as your Savior, as your life-giving light. Simply say, Lord Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? Right now, I make you my Savior, and I make you a sacred promise that I will follow you all the way. Oh, my friend, if you made that promise to the Lord to be His light, to receive it, and then to be His light in this dark world, would you call the number on the screen? Call the number on the screen right now. Just text it in call in. Say yes to Jesus. Give us your name. Give us your phone number. And I can guarantee you, God will start to remove all the darkness and guide you in to His light, guide you into His will, guide you into doing His work and walking His way so you don't waste your life. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, friend, for making that decision that will change the way the rest of your life unfolds. Well, thank you today for joining us for worship. I hope that you are better because you've joined us. Now, right now, I want to complete this time as we not only surrender ourselves to the Lord, but then after we surrender to Him, the goal is to follow Him every day and in every way.